Hey guys, and welcome back to the Full Feature Podcast. My name is Ian, and as usual, I am joined by Jack and Tiernan. And this week, we've got a pretty exciting episode ahead of us. Um, we've got some newish content that we're going to talk about. Um, and, you know, it's it's one that we've kind of been avoiding because we wanted more episodes to come out. But of course, it's inevitable that we had to talk about it eventually. And it is, of course, Disney Plus's hit show, WandaVision, which is pretty much taking everything by storm. Um, if you haven't been watching it or you aren't even a Marvel fan, I think it's pretty hard to avoid. It's been on like every social media platform. People are just talking about it nonstop. And then we're also going to be talking about a Netflix original movie that's been generating a bit of Oscar buzz and it got a few Golden Globe nods and that is Malcolm and Marie starring John David Washington and Zendaya, of course. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but what you guys want to get into first? You guys want to talk about WandaVision first, or do you guys want to just jump straight into the movie? I'd say we do. I'd, I'd say we jump straight into WandaVision because I, I'd rather the episode be a bit more focused on WandaVision. A lot to cover. Okay. On. Yeah, I think we've got a lot to talk about uh, in terms of that. Um, so for I, I mean I guess we'll just get straight into it. We'll give a bit of a little background into what One Division is for anybody who doesn't know, and then just I suppose give a rundown of what we think of it so far. I should definitely give a bit of a disclaimer here that we are going to get into heavy, heavy spoilers for this show, and there is yeah. going to be quite a lot of them. So if you haven't watched it yet, uh, essentially you know, don't listen if you haven't watched it. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be able to. Yeah. <laughs> when you have and <laughs> um, so essentially this is disney's kind of um first of their slate that they announced after essentially the ending of um uh, the infinity uh, war movies and endgame and they've moved into a new phase of marvel now and this is one of the first kind of properties to come out since and it was of course going to be wandavision and it's about scarlet witch's character uh wanda and vision the character of vision and essentially this was marketed as a kind of a um a weird take on sitcoms throughout the generations that is totally what it was marketed at as the ads didn't really give us too much it really just focused heavy on the sitcom aspects and essentially each episode was mimicking um, a sitcom of a different decade so episode one you know was kind of a take on the honeymooners like um, dick van dyke and stuff dick van dyke kind of like yeah I actually i actually heard dick van dyke consulted heavily on that episode on the making of it oh no way that that's that is really cool. good <laughs> Um, and then, of course, episode two was, you know, kind of bewitched. And then, you know, we got into, you know, we got a 70s episode, an 80s episode. We're, we're coming right up to, into the 90s now where the show is going. But, of course, the show has gotten way, way deeper than that. Um, it's also, I, I think, important that we add that this is a show that comes out weekly. Um, and it's not finished yet. We've got extremely refreshing, I think. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean we're 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 bingers, I think as well. We we do talk, do like a good binge, but I, it's always nice to get a show that you like look forward to because we did this with the boys when we talked about it. You know, it was like a uh, an episode to look forward to weekly, and I I think that audiences are like responding to that well. But essentially, this is helping to like set up where Marvel is going next. Um, yeah, it's essentially it's, like post blip, like when everyone came back, yeah, and, like yeah. the remnants of what's happening, and I think that they've. They have taken a really kind of unique approach to it, especially because I don't know about you guys, just to like kind of preface what we're about to talk about. Like, what did you actually think about Vision and Wanda during the whole Infinity War? You know, I, I, like I'm I'd... so like indifferent to Vision and yeah. Wanda, like I could actually care less about either of the characters. I thought they were so this. underdeveloped. Outside you know, I thought they were so underdeveloped. They yeah, brought them in, and I think it's sorry they brought in the the Wanda and Pietro for basically like to sell more stuff that that's that's my opinion on the thing for uh ultron and then vision was well i'm not e- i'm not even ultron. sure if it was like about about selling selling people i just always felt that they were kind of just unimportant characters that were kind of like shoehorned into a lot of plots rather than kind of belong there naturally and i also just could never get past like wanda's or uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen like because I saw her one time behind the scenes doing the actions for for Wanda <laughs> yeah, and the, I just thought it was the most cringy thing ever <laughs> every time I saw it afterwards I I just was very aware that she was just kind of like flapping her hands about you know and um a vision again like I thought that when vision was introduced I thought all right here is like a heavy hitting avenger here 
and he just kind of never got developed or like focused on again like i, w- oh, I was yeah, never even really fair. sure what his powers were following like Age yeah of Ultron. i think i think as well so like another thing for people to understand is like you know we're pro- like i always refer to um wanda as scarlet witch but she's actually never been called scarlet witch in the franchise no. because of fox's ownership of the mutants and technically scarlet witch is a mutant from the mutant franchise and as we all know that fox used to own the x-men franchise and so they were never really able to use a lot of those characters in the mcu until that now it's changed that has since changed and the show has rolled with that and they've clearly you know the show clearly you know is an excellent um, mark of how marvel operates as a business because it just shows you how much they plan in advance and how quickly they're able to change their plans in accordance with what property they own and um, yeah. so you know she was she came in in age of ultron and uh so did Quicksilver. He wasn't called Quicksilver. He was called Pietrov. And his character was played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. They killed him off in that episode. Um, and I like sure... this This show really kind of shows how self-aware Marvel are in approaching yeah, how they run absolutely. their business. Because absolutely. like there's just so many references because Age of Ultron was such a problematic film. And then following Age of Ultron, like the characters that came from that film still kind of remained problematic in many ways. And this show is kind of all of those problematic characters together and being making jokes the entire time about kind of how like the ridiculous kind of plot tropes that they did. Like, for instance, like Wanda losing her accent is a joke that's made in it. Yeah, she has this horrible cliched Eastern European accent in Age of Ultron that is just never spoken of again because it it obviously got slated as much as it did. And, you know, it's hard to develop um, the individual characters of Marvel because without their own standalone movies. And they obviously just brought in Scarlet Witch and Vision as a kind of a, a mode of moving the Marvel franchise along. And it was a way of them going, these are characters now. And this is how... It was basically how they dealt with uh, Ultron. Remember the whole reason Vision was there was to deal with Ultron, essentially, in the movie. Like, do you know what I mean? It was that kind of... It was a way of moving the plot forward. And then they obviously felt, well, you know, we can't give Wanda and, you know, Vision their own separate f- films. So the best way to actually go about it is to give them a TV show. And, you know, we're, we're going to be seeing a lot more of this Loki is getting his own TV series mm-hmm. Captain um, and so Falcon is Hawkeye and uh, yeah Falcon and it's Hawkeye basically the B-list you know show. the B-list yeah, it's the B- it's, it's, it's a, which is yeah. good because and then so, they don't become B-list like characters in the universe because uh, you care exactly. about one that yeah. you care about Vision and this which is something that they couldn't achieve in the movies whatsoever yeah and even so, so like uh, even now that we've pre- sorry, prefaced it a bit, sorry, sorry, Jack. But now that we've prefaced it a bit, like and like you were saying, Jack, they're not B list anymore. I didn't realize how much I could care about these characters. Yeah, I know, I know, it's insane. Like it's insane. I'm so interested in them now. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, it, but I like you don't really know the extent of them either until you watch the show. Yeah. Can I? Can, yeah. Can I ask you something as well before we we really get into this? So me and Jack have been watching this from the start. And I, I, when I started watching it, I loved it from the offset. I just enjoyed what they were doing with it because I thought it was just so different and, and quirky. But a big complaint from most people I spoke to was they weren't crazy about the first couple of episodes. Because in the reality is the first couple of episodes are basically just a sitcom with tiny hints that something else bigger is going on. But the first two are, are very much just, you know, cookie cutter uh, sitcoms that are obviously you know giving you hints of something and look they're 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 an homage to different eras and i think there's skill in that as well and you know pulling that off and like i said earlier you know i wouldn't have considered paul bettany and um elizabeth olsen necessarily particularly good actors but they've had to take on completely different roles for this you know you know take on comedic roles and take on you know more slapstick roles and they do it really really well but what did you think Tiernan of those first couple of episodes were you kind of like nah, I, I'm not sold on this um, or were you in it from the start like as soon as the intro came up and then I watched the second episode and they had a different intro to shoot uh, to like to, for the next generation for the next decade yeah next I, decade. I was just so immersed in it like I, I just thought that they followed the tropes and they followed the blueprints for sitcoms so amazingly well that if that show remained a sitcom I would find it extremely watchable and enjoyable. Like I would, yeah. it wouldn't bother me, you know. Like <laughs> if, if it was a sitcom back in the fifties, I'd be like, like okay, yeah, this like, this weird couple with superpowers is trying to just blend into a neighborhood. Like I fully would have just been into it, you know. I I, yeah. I kind of like the concept. It's like a kind of more grown up. My parents are aliens, but um, <laughs> even the stuff like the practical effects of Wanda's powers, rather than kind of like the red glow that she usually has. Sure. And, yeah. 
the little elements like the, the nosy neighbor that becomes a massive role and like huge part of the impressing yeah, the boss yeah and like the back and forth and trying to like find out the relevance of the date in the first episode but then like they introduce serious horror elements as well into it like there yeah. it's not it's not shy about like what it's aiming towards at the end because there are moments that you like you'd find kind of weird like not just weird yeah. but kind of scary yeah. as well unsettling um, unsettling definitely yeah and yeah. It, as soon as the third episode came around where they where it was kind of like the exposition of like what's happening and and what's going on it, it all really ties together so nicely that you're just like I, I think it's actually the fourth episode sorry but it, it, it all ties together so nicely and you you really see where the where it's going rather than it's not just going to stick to this kind of format of showing off their skills that they can just recreate a sitcom you know yeah and yeah definitely and like you know as well the thing about it is as well is look it, it's, it's still a marvel property and it has those marvel tropes as well and when you start seeing what's going on in the back and so we're gonna get into a few spoilers now so essentially we find out after a couple of episodes that you know, the sitcom is kind of being built by Wanda because one of big Wanda's biggest powers is mind control and her ability to create, you know, um, kind of scenarios in people's head. Like, you know, she brainwashes a Hawkeye in uh, in Age of Ultron to be evil, essentially, um, and things like that. So, you know, this show, you know, she's taken over an entire town in America to, like, live this life. And she's obviously going through some sort of trauma of losing vision um, and so she's, you know, she's going through this. She lives this like uh, vision is dead, by the way, for anybody. Yeah, he <laughs> hasn't seen. Franchise. Uh, <laughs> and th- this uh, is also like for everyone outside of like the the bubble in the show. This is also like heavily common knowledge that vision is dead. You, yeah, you kind of really. Like, what I like about yeah, this show yeah. also is like outside of the bubble, you really get that kind of. Like the Avengers are celebrities. Like everyone knows yeah, everything that's yeah, going exactly, on in yeah. their lives and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, and that's what you know. Marvel is moving more towards that self awareness because of, and definitely I think because of things like the boys is, is helping them do that. And um, because you know, as you say, Taryn, like the show, like like actively like winks and nods at things they have done in their franchise in the past that weren't particularly well received or may not have actually particularly made sense and uh, you know you have the outside characters the outside world and you know you've got you know they, they, they cast it really well you know you've got people like um, Kat Dennings um, playing that, that kind of nerdy scientist who's yeah and I like show. how she, she so she came in from Thor obviously mm. and yeah, then, yeah and then you have the FBI agent from Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp Jimmy Woo then, yeah and again yeah. These are yeah, my Jimmy is the best. That... I love Jimmy. Yeah, he's, he's so the best. Good. But uh, Monica in this as well is From Captain, Captain Marvel's Marvel. love interest. Captain Marvel's so uh, happy. It's I'm of, so yeah. happy how they've done Monica because Captain Marvel oh, couldn't be further so from like a character that like I just don't care about and actually don't well, like. Rambo was the but more I'm, interesting character in the much, franchise. Yeah, Monica Ram, is yeah. much better, much better character. The way that they've handled her is not like luxury. It's kind of just like this is yeah. the lead character, and like you know, yeah. of the people outside of the, um, you know, of the, it, I, like, I like that as well because she has like Tiona Paris has a like a history of being in very kind of uncomfortable and politically like geared films, you know, like like mm. Chirac for example, which is a Spike Lee film, or if Beale Street could talk, and it's just yeah, so it refreshing talk, to yeah, see her yeah, kind exactly. of fall into this role and and really fall into like the Marvel setting without kind of anything behind it she just feels like an organic character she feels like a character who's meant to be there and who's meant to be the star of the show yeah and this is where disney are getting better at their like i mean you know you know their whole kind of like just build it it's like it, it took them a lot of years and they did well black panther did it first wrong, you know right? yeah yeah exactly and like they, you know black, been... black panther was the setting for just kind of normalizing a, a black Having people a, in films black, you know black, <laughs> yeah, yeah and a black lead you know what i mean like um but you know i was just saying this about marvel as well as like what's so impressive about them is as well is no matter how small your role is if you get brought into this universe the odds are you're no gonna keep your position is, you're gonna be involved somewhere in some oh you have form. tenure like you know what I mean? yeah 
Like you, you're, you you're getting in. You're getting you're, in. It's like how it's Kat Dennings still you're a teacher in this. In a like how are school. they still finding ways to put Kat Dennings in this? Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I like her and I really like her character. Ten over ten years like, ago, and now you're like a pivotal part of a TV series with Paul Bettany. And, and she like, was never like exactly. She was never really. And you know, I we shared that clip of Paul Bettany um on our Instagram page of him. You know, he he was asked to do Jarvis, and you know they had no plan at the time. They didn't say when he was first to Jarvis oh but you know a few years down the line we're going to make you a, a proper character you know he just was a voice actor in the Marvel franchise and then all of a sudden he's on screen with these fucking absolutely huge stars and now Paul Bettany you know as a result of this show is going to be up there I think in the Marvel names because this show is just so popular I mean everybody is talking about it you can't get away from it on social media because it just combines everything people like about a TV show. It's got the Marvel element and it's got, you know, like I'm actually would consider myself a kind of a casual Marvel viewer. I think I was way more into it when I was younger in my teens. And I used to love like, you know, the post credit scenes and what's, what's this going to mean? And what's this going to mean? Then, you know, I just kind of got into like, I'm going to watch the movies as they come out and not get too into it. Yeah. This, I will literally spend half an hour watching fucking theory videos after an episode. Like I'll sit there on YouTube. And going what, down what do you think hole, about like, like, like I, I think that this show really speaks to like we we've seen people like Scarlett Johansson leave Marvel and then go on to do Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and we've all always known she was a good actor, but I think that this really flexes Elizabeth Olsen in particular. She's acting great. skills. I think that it, they're absolutely incredible, both Paul Bettany, but in particular Elizabeth Olsen, at just making you feel like every episode you're in an episode of a, a sitcom from that era. And I thought that that really came across was in like the last, um, the most recent episode when they did the Modern Family. Uh, style for it i i yeah. really felt like i was watching claire from modern family mm. on the screen you know it, it like she I, yeah, she just so captured well. the essence the essence I, of I, each era extremely well and I, co- I couldn't believe that she kind of had that caliber of acting behind her and i couldn't believe as well how really good her comedic timing is as is paul bethany's because you know at the end of the day you know and i think as well that this show is really good at, and I'm going to get sounding really deep that it's a Marvel show at the end of the day, but it shows the cultural significance of sitcoms. We did an Yeah, but don't, don't like belittle it by saying it's a Marvel show, you know? I, can, I, can, I see no, what no, you mean, I, no, and sorry, I think that, like... I don't mean that. I mean, I don't mean that because, you know, I'm not trying to say it's not... The, like, I think this is Marvel at their absolute best. And I think yeah, I like, genuinely, artistic. I, I, think I, think, really I don't think people should kind of... Read no, this no, as no. Marvel. People no. should like see this as just like what it is, which is an yeah. incredible show that's flexing incredible talent. Yeah, by like yeah, the writing, yeah. like everything behind this. Like to write a sitcom alone is an extreme challenge, but to write a sitcom as a portion of a different show and have a different one every week with a different intro every week and like yeah. a different style and setting, it's just mental. Like I can't comprehend it. I, like, I, when well, I was watching like, the show, the I was blown weird. away. It's the, and, like, the fact it's that like they're, the, they're working towards something bigger. What's saying? Sorry, go jack one. I just that they're working towards something bigger with it. Like, oh yeah, so absolutely. It's like, it plan, it's, like, like yeah. the, it's the bridge to was it phase four? Um, mm, phase four. Yeah, think, yeah, it's just so many. But this is a, like the first Marvel property that I've been excited about in years. Like post kind of Endgame, Endgame like was such like a rush or whatever for so many people, and then like it happened and then it finished, and like this is the perfect way to get me back into it because you know when you mm. reach those heights and something like you know you've been waiting thirteen years for this, we pulled it off, we did it, it was amazing, like everyone loved it, and then you're yeah. like, where do you go next? Where do we go? And next? like you just, and I think the, yeah, the fact that they are you know, able to do it so seamlessly, even throughout the pandemic. Okay, so we didn't have a year of Marvel movies. Uh, we, we had like the New Mutants, which was terrible, but that's a that was a mess on them itself. Doesn't but, care. Yeah, like. The, like the MCU and Marvel were basically like able to be like, okay, so we're going to leave things for a year. We're going to sort out that mess with Fox. Um, you know, we're going to do all that. We're going to have the pandemic. And then we're going to basically be able to bring in the perfect follow-up to one of the biggest movies you know ever i'd say probably in endgame um you could like argue that i'd say but like i, I think it probably no, would be think one of the biggest, biggest movie events of I, the I, 20th century uh, of, of I, like I, I think the last two like yeah probably of the last decade probably decade the only least, thing yeah. before it would have been like the last third of the rings uh, lord of the rings yeah 
uh, the third Lord of the Rings. They stood like landing and they're, they're, you know, ready to go and jump the hurdle. And it's really interesting in the way that they're doing it through the TV shows. They're showing the minor remnants of what happened in the Infinity War and what happened after Endgame. And they're showing the minor remnants to build a new world around it, to create new characters around it. And you can even see that through like what happened to Monica in the last episode. And what I think is coming in the next episode, an introduction to a new character who's like an iconic Marvel character. But I I suppose we don't have to get into that. But it, it seems like it was hinted at a bit at the start of it. So I think that there's really good things on the way from Marvel. And I don't think that they're going to... I, like, I don't think that they've plateaued. I think that they're going to no, reach new heights. No, absolutely not. And I think the thing about it is as well is, you know, you know, Endgame was Marvel taking itself very seriously and bringing in a lot of drudgery and, you know, killing off characters and killing off iconic characters and really closing a chapter on 10 years of really, really solid movies that people were connected to. And then their jumping off point is making a comedic movie, a comedic TV show that has tons of comedic stuff, both in the in the sitcom elements, but also in the you know the outside elements, but also still keeping that serious tone. Because at the end of the day, uh, you know, Wanda's character is a tragic character, and they're really they're not shying away from that. And that's if anything, that's the crux of the entire. show. Uh, yeah, I think this show tragedy. is really this show is really yeah. dark. Like at the same no, time, it's yeah, being exactly. so lighthearted. Um, but it's so good at getting that balance because they're clearly, you know, keeping that shift of going, you know, well, you know, we can t- still tell a bigger, ambitious story, but we can have as much fun with it and as much as we want. And like, I mean, the, t- the beauty of comic books is they can go as weird as they want because you have all these alternate universes and stuff. And we're finally seeing Marvel kind of moving into that kind of element. And so, you know, the fact that they can do a show where it's about a sitcom and then also tell an overarching story. And each sitcom episode is genuinely entertaining. Like, I mean, I remember when I was watching the the, the first episode, I think it was the second episode where, you know, Vision joins the neighborhood watch and uh, yeah. meets all the, the local the local guys. And it turns out it's this like little uh, bitching crowd in the library. I was laughing my guts out. Like, I was like, if this was an actual sitcom, I would genuinely think this was really, really funny. Like, do you know what I mean? And it, it was it was really, really you know, it's satisfying to that point. And then the fact that you're getting this Marvel injection. And, you know, I think that if, if you know, someone had never watched the Marvel shows, you know, you'll, you'll definitely be confused. But I still think you could get enjoyment out of it. Now, it's funny, me and my roommate have been watching it every week and every Friday we sit down to watch it. And another one of our roommates who kind of dips his toes in and out of the Marvel movies, he walked in the other week. And this was like, we were on to like episode six. And he was like, what the hell are you watching? And we were like, WandaVision. And he was like, how is this yeah. the same show? He was, like, <laughs> he was like, I'm so confused. Like, It's just so, so different. Like, in In terms of kind of like... Wait, what would have what's your favorite episode so far like what what has really kind of gotten you i like to the uh, malcolm in the middle show. style one that was like pure 90s and yeah, yeah that was i was gonna yeah that was that really was great really because obviously that was what we all kind of grew up on really um i mean looking back on the other ones are fantastic as well exactly yeah but um well the thing is is like i would have had to kind of look up most of what the other ones were based on like i wouldn't have just kind of known i would have known a load of sitcoms but i wouldn't have just known the exact style or like say the intros the intros are all specifically based on different different shows but knowing that like that's malcolm in the middle as soon as you see it was just oh yeah you knew that like literally that kind of right it's the font Mm. little things like the font the music yeah i mean like that just you and it's just so it's and the music yeah and it's and it's always the one the original one division theme just you know more updated instruments and more you know what i mean like and it's like like vision go like in the intro vision going through the couch and hitting the 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 kid in the face with the newspaper (laughs) like this, this show is genuinely really really funny but it also is like super super dark and it it takes that turn Mm. like nothing like straight away and it's to the point where it's almost it's almost like a jump scare when it happens like it, you're not comfortable with it and i think that yeah, that's I mean, the best aspect of the show it, it, it's doing that in kind of a way that a lot of marvel films uh, like really haven't succeeded in doing because like marvel have hit such heights in terms of like winter soldier was like the perfect spy film 
Uh, yeah, they, they've so. created this universe where like anything could happen like they, they have the comedy aspects and like Ant-Man they have like the political aspects and like Black Panther and then tying it all together with Endgame and stuff but we've actually never seen anything like this that it has been so yeah. simultaneously involved in horror involved in comedy and then having mm. such a good overarching story that you can already tell is going to yeah. expand and they the have a lot more so freedom far. through I television mean, like, even, obviously e- um, which is going to be refreshing because I yeah. don't know, like I wasn't hyped for this exactly. You know, I kind of stuck it on because I've had a real tough time starting series at the moment. I couldn't find something that I really wanted to get into. So I just said, you know what, I'll start this. It's a property I know. It's characters I kind of know. Don't exactly care about them. So like I could mail my phone if I wanted to, you know, but obviously I stuck it on. I was like, this is actually really, really good. Yeah. And then, you know, with the sinister tones and the rest going on the couple of episodes. And then obviously it, in the third and fourth one, it kind of opens up more of the universe and it, they, they're really good at making mm. like a massive universe seem small because that's an issue with the Marvel film where it's like, why didn't he just call Captain America? Mm. Well, on the TV show, it's kind of like, yeah, well, like, you know, you're not going to yeah, play yeah, fucking for sure. Hulk yeah, down definitely. here, you know, but, yeah, that's yeah. it yeah you can't really expect like there's no like quick solution to it especially like post endgame like they're not just gonna like pick spider-man yeah. up from school and send them in you know it's <laughs> there, there, there needs to be a better solution and it's interesting to see like where it possibly could go or like why it's happening i mean we're seven episodes in we kind of know the reason for why it's happening but we don't know like how it's happening we don't know who's kind of responsible for it and they they yeah. added in Agnes as kind of a, an antagonist almost towards the end of the last episode. Yeah. And she has been such a funny character throughout, like genuinely really, really funny. And it's just <laughs> like, what, what, what did you think about her introduction and how kind of tongue in cheek it was and, and self-aware it was, but like yeah, even so like, finishing on the, I, yeah. and I killed Sparky. It's been, yeah, I, I even killed Sparky. Yeah. I mean, it was just, the thing about it was as well as, you know, I always knew her character was, uh, she's played by Catherine Han actually as well we should mention yeah. who is a comedy actress she's been in comedy for fucking years um, and she's perfect for this role like I couldn't think of anyone else that plays so perfectly and she's essentially the only character that really acts over the top um, as a sitcom character but you feel like you know throughout the start of it you're like she's got she's you know she's got something to do with this show she's in she's this recurring character that you know she's, oh did she's you think that I, I, she kind of went over my head as something. that no no I, I definitely knew she was building to something now whether she was going to be the villain or not I was not expecting totally and how they revealed that through a little 1950s theme song was fucking brilliant as well yeah. it's been Agatha yeah, all along that. was absolutely brilliant but I think Catherine Han is is definitely the perfect person for it because she fits all the sitcom tropes in each literally in each different era um but i think that she also can like get across that kind of like a little bit hammy villain as well she kind of reminds me a little bit of um i think she could be a little bit like you know a uh, kate blanchett's character in thor um yeah rock you know a little bit hammy a little bit over the top but i think that will work for for what the show is and you know as well you have the the the, the sword stuff going on in the background as well which i think is really interesting because as you said it's exploring that kind of um the human aspect of it like and how like humans want to be in control of what goes on in the world as well and like you know so sword is obviously like trying to take the lead with that and things as well um and so i think that her character is going to build into whether they keep using her beyond one division is is another thing as well um i don't know whether she's going to become a bigger part of the mcu or she'll just i'd imagine now i haven't looked into it because i, I don't want to ruin anything on myself for one division but i'd imagine that she is a comic book villain that's like directly yeah she is Scarlet Witch. she is like that's all i can i i, 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 I really it, I, I hope so. she is yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I I haven't yeah, I haven't looked um, into it. I don't want spoilers. So, like. like it's it's they changed the name and stuff, but they changed it in a really smart way. Uh, they took like the, her first name and her second name, and then I when you, you like uh, change the letterings of everything, it becomes Agnes. So they're smart. They know what they're doing. Like they. Uh, oh yeah, nice. that yeah that is nice. that is smart. Yeah, that is cool. Nice. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. what what did you think? But like again, like to the you know what I noticed in that episode as well, and it's just a small thing. But did you hear like the modern family drums in the background of the episode, or like, yeah. In, in the Malcolm in the Middle episode? I mean, it was literally like an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. But what what did you think about the reintroduction oh, of Quicksilver? It was. Oh, I mean. 
I was crying sick. out loud when I, I saw they keep him that on. it was Evan Peters. I, 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 I mean, doubt they I will. I couldn't get over it. He's such a brilliant character, like you know, and he kind of suits this so well because obviously he's so successful in American Horror Story, and you could kind of tie these shows slightly together in in a way with like yeah, the whole, I get that because the Marvel each episode is a different yeah, each episode is kind of a different but the biggest thing was that they killed off Wanda's brother, and that's like her second most traumatic moment in, in the universe so far. They killed off her brother. Essentially because Evan mm. Peters did it better than Aaron Taylor-Johnson <laughs> in uh, well, Days of Future Past on the same year. So they just decided, oh, fuck it, all right, well, we got to well, kill no, this I, character to, off. No, to be fair, I actually think what happened was, to be fair, so I was reading into the contract a little bit more. So they got permission to use the two characters because, um, you know, they've you know they've wanted to kind of bring in mutants. Into, and this is obviously as well without, I, I, you know, my theory is this, and I think most people's theory is this is how they're going to bring in the mutants into the franchise because there's talk of how people's DNA is being altered when they're going in and out of the, you know, the, 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 the hex, which is... Well, yeah, you can see that with, like, Monica and then, yeah, like, Wanda's yeah, exactly. kids, like, for example. Yeah, or like a they're developing kind their of powers, like, yeah. But they, they, they got permission to use Quicksilver and... Uh, Scarlet Witch for it they had to kill off one of them and they weren't allowed to call them by name um, which was stipulated in the contract however obviously Days of Future Past came out that year as we said and Evan Peters played Quicksilver Mm. and he stole that movie and then you know he was the only he was basically the only good thing about Apocalypse because you know that movie was the follow up I didn't necessarily hate but it wasn't good but his character was of course amazing in it and it just goes yeah. back to that on the nose of like you know how he's introduced him is he shows up at the door one day and Kat Dennings literally goes they recast yeah, the yeah. intro like so they, just say, they just say it out but it is yeah and it's it's so kind of self-aware and that that's where the line comes from when he's when she's like because he's got this like New York kid accent like you know he's yeah, not like yeah, yeah. he's, not, he's, like, he's not very kind of Eastern yeah. American rather than Eastern European and like she said that that's where the first thing comes from and then they all get into in the episode that he's properly introduced in and fleshed out in they're all wearing their original costumes from like the the very from very the, start their their introduction yeah. into the comics and they all just look so ridiculous but they're Dickens. all getting on with it as if it's so normal and yeah. I, I'm so happy that Evan Peters is even slightly in this universe. Whether there's longevity uh, to it is debatable. Yeah. But he just, he I, just I love perfect. him as an actor. I really oh, love him amazing. as an actor. He's amazing. And I just don't get how he hasn't kind of progressed past American Horror Story and stuff like that. Maybe it's because he did such a good job at Quicksilver. Mm. I mean, like, how do you kind of follow that up? He's so young as well. And, like, I mean, I think he's got a lot to come as well. And I, I, I just say, I hope they keep him in the Marvel franchise, especially now that they own the the Fox property and um, the X-Men property now that they've, they've bought over. But like, I mean, the thing about it is as well as like, you know, it just, uh, it goes back to this on the nose and like how, how quickly Marvel can move with changing plans. So when things change, they're just so, they clearly can react so quickly with it. And I mean, I was watching. Well, yeah, I, I think with, that like, um, for sure, this is how they're going to introduce, like, not only the mutants, but Fantastic Four as well. Yeah, Fantastic Four. There's been a lot of talk of Reed Richards, kind of a character being introduced. Yeah. Well. Um, a lot of talk of John Krasinski playing Reed Richards. Playing Reed Richards. Oh, I would actually, like, <laughs> climax on the spot in the episode. If that <laughs> truly would like uh, I'm so excited is, for that to happen. I love about this is because you know I was such a like nerd for the Marvel stuff when I was a teenager like especially the movies were coming out and I used to just lose my shit over it. and then I kind of lost my interest in it as the years went on because there's just so much of this is bringing that back in me mm, literally yeah. like, I'm nerding out when stuff comes on because they're setting things. up the next phase you know like mm. we, we know that there's more to come and I think that we can all really get on board with it as well yeah. and what I like as well is I don't think that we can expect anymore that we're going gonna have to watch like 20 films to get to the climax anymore we're gonna we're gonna i've got to say climax a lot with 20 films to get to 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 get to like the overarching like theme of it and then you know so i i think they're gonna focus on the tv shows for the minute and i just think it's such a better avenue to go down as long as there's like yeah and i mean like we saw how the mandalorian was made like these tv shows they seem like they're very kind of doable mm. to make in like a single small environment studio that's a bubbled environment exactly. and stuff like that so exactly. nothing should yeah, really right. stop them on this now the film is films are a different buzz altogether 
But in terms of this show, how they've pulled it off as well as they've pulled it off with the amount of set production that must have gone on it. I saw a lot of jokes about how the budget was like 220 million I saw or something along them lines. Sure, I'm surprised it wasn't more. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, just the yeah, amount of effort great. that went into the show is so impressive. And I'm now I'm... So, I'm I'm really buzzing to watch Falcon am. and the Winter Soldier because I just Falcon I am I I have a lot, I, I have high expectations now. But I wasn't I, into I, Vision I, and, and Wanda either. Like, but I wasn't yeah, into but, Wanda but or Vision, into you know? Vision and Wanda. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I'm just I'm confident that they know what they're doing with every character. And like, I was even just looking into Wanda Vision a bit. So Matt Shackman seems to be the kind of main guy heading directing each episode and he actually his history he's actually been a tv director for years and he's just kind of done the odd episode of things his main thing is actually it's always sunny he's directed about 40 odd episodes of it's always sunny so he comes from a comedy background and um, but he also directed you know an episode of the boys and um, he did an episode of billions at game of thrones things like that but this is a guy who clearly knows television and he knows comedy and they, they they're just picking people that they clearly know you know what to do and like how to execute the shows so i'm fully confident in things like the loki series fully confident in the in the falcon and um hawkeye show like i just know it's going to and you know what at the end of the day like i mean i love anthony mackie you know what i mean and I yeah actually, i love anthony you know, mackie yeah i, really and I love quite anthony like mackie. um i quite like jeremy renner i think as a person i don't think he's ever been a jeremy very renner. Marvel fan jeremy renner is he's in... not from peep show well Jerry Renner, he's not. No, sorry. Jer- oh, I'm thinking Jeremy. No, Jeremy Renner. No. You're thinking the Hawkeye. No. What? You're thinking what are you the talking about? What's no, oh, this sorry, is sorry. The Falcon what's and the Winter Soldier. Well, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Sorry, I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, man, oh, yeah. what's his name? Sorry, that's his name. What are you, oh, Sebastian Stan? Okay. Uh, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian <laughs> I like him too, as well. Like, do you know what I mean? And I don't think they've gotten the chance to to flesh out any of their characters. Uh, you see, the problem with, like, Sebastian Sand and stuff and all, and the, and the Winter Soldiers, you're told to feel certain ways about them. You know what I mean? You're told, oh, he's got a tragic past and he's conflicted. You don't get that, you know what I mean? But, you like, you will get that with the the, the TV show. They will be able to flesh it out and give them better storylines. And, like, you know, the Loki show as well. Everyone's wanted more Loki since he first appeared in the Marvel franchise. So, I mean, they're not going to get it wrong. I'm totally totally confident in it at this stage like i mean they it's mm. it's insane how how good they're getting things you know yeah. what i mean like they really are not slipping up so no they have kind like, of i think we've kind of gotten one, through yeah. like almost every aspect of it so far and like how enamored we are now again with marvel but what where do you think uh, maybe it's just speculation it might be a stupid conversation but where do you think it's going like where would you kind of like it to end up would you like it to kind of be set up to finish in the one season or would you like it set up to go on for quite a long time i think what they're doing now is like perfect i think if this is just a one story because it's such a fresh concept and like i don't want like the same thing shield outside of like wanda's walls or whatever for a second season i think what they're doing right now is so fresh and like I agree. No, it's nothing yeah. like we have ever seen yeah. in TV before. And to kind of like do that again, it would be like kind of sticking the landing and then, you know, breaking your ankle on the uh, like getting off the podium, you know. Take take the take take the plot. It's yeah, you know, really get good. it, yeah. make a ten out of ten show, you stick the landing and then, you know, just drop it or you know, bring her back into the movies or whatever. I don't want to see this kind of because I think it's really important for Wanda to get this story, especially with the, all the things that's going on with Vision and like how he's actually yeah. dead and she's actually kind of realized this in the last couple of episodes. People keep on t- saying it to her. So like it, it's important for her to kind of do this. It's a, it's a great character developing moment when it's like. I think that they'll have to like abandon the whole concept of, of Westview and the sitcoms if they're dragging it out to another season. Because at some stage, knowing the Marvel Universe, like there's going yeah. to be need to be Avenger intervention. It's just going like, to keep you know, on getting bigger. Like, the stakes yeah. are very high in this show. But it ha- yeah, so it has to take place in a very condensed amount of time. So they need to kind of, exactly like you said, Jack, they need to just say, right, we're going to get mm-hmm. one show out of this, but luckily we have about 20 other coming out at the same time. So let's just let's just take our wins and move on. You know, it should be yeah, an event definitely. in the universe rather than an ongoing thing. Yeah, and I mean, I I, I think that as well. Like you know, they, they they still have movies planned. We have like you know the Doctor Strange movie coming out and things like that. So 
you know, there's no point in them trying to drag this one property out when they've got a million other properties as well going. And you can still involve the characters from this property into into other, you know, movies and other TV shows. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think you're right, Jack. Like, it's it, the the sitcom concept works perfectly you know in the little mini series that this is it's it's already kind of run its course in terms of like you like you would be dragging it out if you did after and i don't i don't believe that's their intention i don't think that that's where it's going to go i think it's going to literally finish up ready for the next marvel movie to you know swoop you right in there and just get you right in and and, and keep pressing forward with the next mm-hmm. phase which they have so much planned for you know what i mean both movies and yeah. tv like and uh, i just again i can't can't say they've done it any better do you know what i mean like it's absolutely perfect the way it is and i think that it's the perfect way to bring in you know the mutants because i was a little bit like you know are they just going to start shoehorning in um mutants and fantastic four you know just for no reason like you know what i mean just kind of start you know because the mutants are are huge characters do you know what i mean like you've got massive characters there do you know what i mean there's no point in just dropping them into the franchise it's a perfect little bridge that you can build on and just kind of and just start again do you know what i mean literally just you know wipe the slate and go this is what we're doing from here and yeah get a whole, get a whole new generation of people on board with it do you know what i mean so if like if we're if we're assuming that wanda's kids are going to remain as as mutants it's going to be very interesting to see the longevity of like just mm. how far they're taking this, you know, just how far this phase yeah. is going. Like, are we going yeah. to be 50 years into the future and we're into the third, fourth phase? <laughs> yeah. I don't like, this I, is going I to go on forever. Put it past Marvel, forever, you know, they never, probably never. are oh, that planned out, you know? Yeah, I know, yeah. which yeah. is just insane. They set themselves up like, to do it. Absolutely insane. Um, it's very impressive, yeah. So anyway, I think that we should probably get into Malcolm and Marie yeah, because yeah, we yeah. did all watch this film to talk about. I think we could go on about WandaVision for <laughs> Anyway, so it will definitely circle back to WandaVision once it's fully mm-hmm. finished. Definitely. And uh, in the so meantime, I can't the recommend we'll mention every right, episode so you did the same that, for a week, I don't, think. Don't sleep on it. This is like more of a general idea. Yeah, Yeah. we'll, we'll briefly talk about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah because, exactly. Because like, we want to talk about it every week as it comes out at the same time. But anyway, yeah. So Malcolm and Marie, new film that just dropped to Netflix. I have, Terrible I have, Valentine's Day. Oh, movie. Valentine's Day did it drop to Netflix? Valentine's Day, yeah. Yeah, yeah Valentine's right. Day. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so just, a, just a, before we get into it, Jack and Ian did not like this film. I actually did like this film, um. So it might turn into a bit of an arguments podcast. We'll see. Anyway, but, uh, do you do you want to just kind of um, start us Ian, off then? If both of you didn't like it, kind of like dip into things yeah yeah i'll just like i mean look i think i was a little bit harsh when i was talking to you guys a little bit i think the word i used was snooze fest um i think i'm probably being a little bit harsh but at the end of the day i still don't think that this was a particularly good movie Um, essentially it's just about it's just starring zendaya and john david washington um and it's just them two they're the only cast in the film and they're a couple john david washington is this you know up-and-coming filmmaker well you know magnum opus he's already pretty established and he's made his like you know absolutely uh, magnum opus and he's so happy with it and they're back from opening night and he's just the movie is essentially him arguing with his girlfriend marie who is an ex-actress um who also you know we find out is kind of you know, hint that to be the inspiration of the film. And, you know, they, they're they're arguing from the offset. You know, she's angry with him straight away. Um and then the movie is essentially just them kind of like having this like up and down of arguments and getting along with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very a pl- it's very much a play. You know what I mean? It is very much a play in a movie. Um, it's directed by Sam Levinson, who I actually really like because he is the man behind Euphoria, Euphoria which yeah. I fucking loved. And, you know, I've talked about it many times in this podcast. And look, have I you watched, just out of interest before we get into it, have you watched the any of the new episodes before? I have not. I, I, you told me about this way, and I, I cannot well, believe I still haven't gotten around to ju- it. Just to kind of put it out there, that obviously, because I think they were shot in the pandemic, they're essentially like hour long versions of this film. You know, they're literally just conversations. Okay, literally for just an hour. conversations. Okay, I get you. Okay. So, well, like, I mean, this is the thing. So, this is my, that's my main problem with this film. And it's you know it's a conversational movie, and I don't really particularly really like well. these movies. Um, if they did this all in one, if, really, if they bird banned really, really it, well. I would have been like, that's sweet. Um, and it's hard yeah. for them to do well. Like if they, <laughs> I would have been like, that's that's chill. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I tend to agree. I did think yeah, that like, they were on like the, the precipice of like almost trying to do a one take and then they kind of pussied out at times because there were really long shots in this film. There was, and then yeah. just they'd have a cut mm, that almost that. Yeah, kind of disorientate you at times. It was jolty in that because, way because, because the like, takes were so long. You're watching something for like 30 minutes. It was a bit. Cuts, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and yeah. and, and, and it's thirty minutes was all really, really crisp time. and like, really well blocked. Oh, like, instead of what like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks jump. fantastic, and yeah. the performances are pretty good. That's the thing is like I, I saw a lot of people say that the black and white is pointless, and they, there's no reason for that, and it kind of just makes it pretentious. But I think if you, I like, I think that's a bit unfair, and I think I think that John David Washington's character kind of apologizes for that in the film if anything because he just basically says like a movie maker does what they want in a film and i think that the black and white makes if the lighting of black this film white, so much more interesting and like pleasing to look at whereas it would have been really shit it would it would have been nothing that's it like nothing, the, the yeah. film would have just been nothing it would have it would have genuinely been unwatchable i think if it wasn't black and white and i know that sounds stupid to say because no, no, the that's, film that's is more fair, than that because... but, but like if it was just a regular film, you'd be like, I'm so done with this setting. Whereas the black and white keeps you, it keeps you watching it. it like, even if you're mm. not exactly immersed in the film, you're, you're still watching it, you know? Can I say, Tiernan, can I ask you, I think I know why you really enjoyed this film because this film is quite self-aware and it's a good bit of commentary on, you know, the film industry and what it's like to be a director and a filmmaker and then also the film criticism industry as well and, and the whole kind of, and then of course the whole LA life and things like that and all. But he, he you know, Malcolm, the character, makes a lot of points about what it is to be a filmmaker and why he does these things for making a film which i think points a lot of the things he said i remember you saying in the past about certain movies you know he he gets on this big rant about you know nothing is necessary in film you know directors do things because they want them to look that way and if you want to look at it in some sort of abstract concept that's fine by you but you've got it wrong like do you know what i mean yeah. did you feel that you were just identifying with a lot of the points that malcolm was making and that helped you enjoy the dialogue kind of of it a lot like here's the thing is i i think that from the that perspective yes i think that's what like gave me that extra push to enjoy this film as much as i did because i really i like i I did genuinely identify with what both of them are saying about like the film industry and their opinions on the critics and their opinions on like the celebrity status and everything along them lines but i also thought that their approach to relationships was so unbelievably human i i couldn't get over how human it was like there was one particular scene where they're like the whole film is essentially they're in a roar and argument and then they're not in a roar and argument and then it's it just that kind of back and forth and there was one part in the film in particular that just made me kind of stop and say god this is a this is genuinely a very good film was when they're just starting to get along and they're like messing they're laughing together and everything he leaves the room for a second and she starts crying and then he comes back and she's like can i ask you a question without you making me feel shit about myself and he's like yeah. Okay. He knows what's coming. Yeah. He he knows it's gonna start up again. It's gonna and start I, up again. Yeah. I gotta say, before this film, before watching this film, uh, I wasn't a fan of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Like we said before, I wasn't a fan of First Cow. I don't like dull films that don't have a lot going on. I've never been a fan of that. And I kind of went into that this film thinking that was gonna be the case. And I also had my suspicions that maybe Zendaya wasn't that good an actress and maybe john david washington wasn't that good an actor and i was actually just blown away by this film i i genuinely thought that they both had unbelievable performances they both really kept me in it throughout and i think they got across their emotions in like every aspect and at the same time as like it being a film that's mainly to do with like basically ranting people about like like what their relationship is and like what their jobs are and what their life means like basically going through an existential crisis together in this house but yeah, I think like at the same time, I also thought that it didn't take itself incredibly seriously. I thought that there was a tone to it that that was a little bit like, yeah, we're doing these like huge rants that are a bit ridiculous, but we're not going past this. Like, you know, we're, we're not going to get you involved with like hints of like, all right, maybe like there's a suicide mm. risk tonight or maybe there's kind of like an abuse coming or something like that. It's it's yeah, mainly it just right. This is like, this oh, is a couple something argument. sinister and, and, and he's a murderer as well. Of a no, it wasn't or something like. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it also, it also, it also lured you in as well because it, it it gave you that sense that there might be that kind of like really like Hollywood entertainment added to it in the sense that remember she's doing, uh, she brings out the knife and you think that she's gone mental, but really she was just doing a scene out of a film. That, she, that she nearly lost me at part. that point. That nearly lost me at that point. And Did I it? I thought it was... You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Sorry, because I, I was I, just I, like, saying... It, it paid off, no, like it paid off in terms of like, you know, I, and I ended up laughing and I like John David, David Washington's reaction of, you know, him going, why did you do that in the audition was hilarious. John, yeah. And it, made me, it actually made me, made me laugh. And like, I agree with you. I think that you're right. I think John David Washington and Zendaya have been great in the things that they've been in because there's a lot of talent behind those projects like yeah. you know euphoria there's a lot of other people as well behind them that is making those shows those things right and the same as john david washington black Klansman. you know that was a spike lee film but this d- genuinely d- does seem like the two of them really got you know a center stage to just flex their acting chops and they, they really did, did as well. really well they did and they, they had great chemistry you know what i mean they were they were really really good together and they were believable my only issue was is, and Tim, you make the point that you know they had this very believable uh, human relationship and you know my issue was like the kind of dichotomy of the points this this show was this movie excuse me was making and like i'm gonna say this as a fan of the director because i love euphoria and i thought euphoria was while it was a teen drama and a bit over the top at times i thought it actually got what it was like to be a young person and struggle with you know different elements of being young and living in america and the fucked up elements of it as well but in saying that this was really on the nose about you know the bullshit that goes around you know hollywood and la and like you know they talk about the actor that's cast in the show and how she's a socialist wearing a fucking two thousand dollar dress and you know that's becoming more and more common where you know we're seeing celebrities identifying as fucking you would be the first like, to be you eaten know, you could be more fucking out of touch with the but um you know my biggest problem was you know they they had this relationship and you know you know we find out that zendaya is an ex-addict and stuff like that in the past and she's she's got these these problems but my biggest problem was as well as i was kind of felt like i was watching these two kind of elitist uh, intellectuals arguing as well because you know they keep making these like really you know interesting points about society and you know even capitalism and the system they work in and the life they live and and you know how you know you know artists are put on a pedestal in in, in the west and, i yeah i i get what you're i get what you're saying but i, I and also that took think... me out of the humanity of it because i was like you know you know i i kind of this is this is going to be an unfair comparison but i was kind of expecting you know I, when i look at a show about a couple arguing and in particular the strain of a couple i always think of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind because that was a movie that really just sh- like captured what it was like for two people to fight that that are in a relationship and love each other but are in a fight and and what that is like and it's so human and so you know grounded and most people can watch that and feel a sense of like oh i've mm. had that argument myself and i don't want to like you know watch that again whereas this is like takes it out of it when it's like she's i don't know like i want him this... being this like you know she you know she goes on the whole and don't get me wrong i think the dialogue's really good i mean you know when she goes on the whole like lego movie rant thing, i didn't like, like that i thought it was funny and it was like <laughs> a, kind of a cool piece of dialogue but like written by a fucking written by a fucking filmmaker do you know what i mean written by a guy who works in the in the what i mean yeah the, the parameters he, but of that's Hollywood. the whole point of it is that he's, he's coming back off an award show and it's all about being self-aware in the business you're in because i think that a lot of people especially like us looking from the outset of the industry we put more towards it than maybe we should at times and at the end of the day like Whilst John David Washington does have this kind of like God complex about himself in this film, he is just kind of doing work, you know, like at the end of the day, it is kind of his work. But besides that, I, I actually got to say, I kind of thought the like I thought that the dialogue and like the rants and stuff and everything like that, that kind of comes with the nature of what he what Sam Levinson was making. Like, I don't think that you can kind of avoid that. But I actually thought that the emotions between the two and how they acted and, and how they went about it is what brought the human side like the the general like like i could just picture being in a couple and having my partner be incredibly successful and the thoughts that would go through my mind that you'd feel awful saying and i think zendaya comes across throughout the film as this awful person who's saying all these things that she really shouldn't be saying but you just know that they're all also Mm. true 
but it's just not morally right for her to say them. And then seeing the kind of relationship, like not abuse that goes on, but the battlefield that's going on between them. They're just trying to like one up each other and they're trying to win this argument and forgetting who they're with. And then, but you also see the moments where she does do like the audition, the fake audition. And you see how proud of her she is of herself that she's not mad anymore and little elements like that. It just really made me feel like I was with them there in in a massive relationship fight, you know? Like it it was just... It felt like obviously there were those bloated kind of monologues and stuff like that that I think has to come with the property. I also felt it it felt very, you know, and this is, it felt very F. Scott Fitzgerald, very Arthur Miller kind of, you know, wealthy people arguing with each other. And there's nothing wrong with that, like, but, but, you know, like, you know, you know, support my work. I've been been writing this play for years. And you know what I mean? It was like... But I, I get what you're saying, but I, I also think that I don't think this film necessarily like doesn't apologize for that. Like I think it's this film's very self aware that they are these couples fight, that and, they and, are know, this couple uh, fighting in this massive. And you house. saw that in you saw that in you know Euphoria. It's it's very much a trope of you know what of you know what Sam Levinson is trying to do you know what I mean you euphoria is self-aware and like teen dramas because you know it, it, it talks about things that are in teen dramas and this was self-aware and you're right it didn't take itself too seriously and there was those moments of levity and comedy that like help you get through it. and the fact that it looked nice was was very impressive it was a massive you know part I mean? of it wasn't it it really yeah, was it really and was. It, don't get me and wrong going into this film I was more so against it than I was for it because I, I was really sick of watching kind of dull films and when you you said that it was a dull film I was absolutely devastated and then um, I, 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 I was watching it with my girlfriend and as soon as I put it on and she saw it was in black and white we we both just like strapped in to just be bored for a couple of hours <laughs> and it just really genuinely won me over and I felt like the entire time I, I saw like truly human performances and I could really relate to both of the characters. I don't think it was out of, without its flaws. Don't get me wrong, but I, I did think that this film is like, it is, it is a genuine good watch. I yeah, think it's not an easy I wouldn't watch. say like stick it's, it on for an easy watch. It was also filmed during I the don't think it's an extremely small. I don't think it's so painful. You can see that kind of mom and popness to it as well. You know, Kid Cudi was a producer on yeah, this. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I saw that. I saw his name Scott Miss Cudi. Scott, Scott Miss Cudi. And I was like, what the... And, you know, Labyrinth did Labyrinth the music. Did the music. Yeah, Labyrinth you know, did the music so, for so Euphoria. Yeah, he did. And he did that brilliantly. <laughs> and I love that, like, musical number at the end of the season. Yeah, no. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. but it wasn't like Labyrinth. Was a tiny tempo? Labyrinth did the... <laughs> Labyrinth was the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Labyrinth coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do I think that's how Levitin has carried over a lot from Euphoria in terms of like the cinematography and keeping people interested in a, in a very grounded story uh, but obviously this is just coming from me I know you weren't as interested in this as as I was no and like I mean I, I wanted this to be good because I like Sam I'm Robinson, just sick of dumb movies yeah but I'm that's sick me. of that's me. I actually didn't hate this as much and, as like you know uh, yeah, well, you know what I mean. I was like, just I'm, like, it, it, it's I'm, a bit boring last night. I was very harsh in it last night. The more I molded over this this afternoon, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But, like, I but, mean, but, but I, I would agree, it is boring at points. I, I, I maybe it's just because I was really in the mood to watch a film. But like, you know, when you really get in the mood to watch a film, but uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't say don't don't watch this as like a way to pass the time. Watch it to like yeah. really get involved in it more so than and look, just if, to if kind you're, of watch if it. You're, as well, if you're into if you're into you know movies as an industry i think it's a good commentary on that and i think you will you will enjoy that i mean a, a big thing that we loved about mank was the whole commentary on the film industry and the whole kind of guys around it and things like that and i think this is a good insight into the human aspect of you know a, a, a big time director and things like that and yeah. also you know the kind of you know i mean he has that whole conversation with her about you know, uh, the racist assumption that, you know, they keep comparing him to famous black directors, but they never say you're going to be the next, you know, big white director. You know what I mean? And I thought that was a, yeah. you know, an interesting point. And it, it didn't, it didn't feel forced either. I didn't think that it no, was, like, no, I felt that that conversation, it belonged in the film rather than definitely, it, it, definitely. it was there to make this political and commentary. It, it, yeah, and, and as well as like John David's character. Washington character, whilst he was yeah. complaining about that, he also like, 
didn't really it's care just... about it at the same time. Like he was kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, like maybe I will be the next Barry Jenkins and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And no, then... he's like, yeah, he's like, I have no problem being compared to Spike Lee or Barry Jenkins. Those are great comparisons. But I'm just wondering why you didn't compare me to a white director. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's it's more that he just was like enjoying fucking with a white a white film critic like that was the whole kind of crux of the, the the joke and like you know they have that whole argument about should movies be political and you know we've had those arguments before and how movies are, are too political so it was a it was a very it's a it's a very timely thing and it, you know it does feel very you know it was shot last year during the pandemic it feels like it was shot i thought i thought this like film was... like to be honest I, like i know that user user have given like a bit of harshness to this film but i actually thought this film really laid out a massive issue with the film industry and like how the film industry is going about itself like it, there's that line where it's like do the right thing was political and then john david washington said yeah but that was back when it wasn't cool to be political to be political and exactly there, there's right. yeah. there's i i really thought that that argument that it laid out throughout the film and how much how self-aware and like how like understanding John David Washington was about like the environment he was in and like the issues with it and then Zendaya jumps right in and shows all the issues with him within the industry as well I think it's I I genuinely think it laid out a lot of points that should have happened whilst also having it be set in a basic thing like a relationship fight and I also love how the fight started off with something at the very start like him not thanking in the award speech and then a bunch of other fights stemmed from that. Like in every in any relationship fight you'll ever have, a bunch of fights stems yeah, from that and drags on the entire off. night. It stops and then bunch it starts, it stops and then it starts. And then it yeah, resolves yeah. with the initial <laughs> cause yeah, of the fight yeah. at the end of the film. Yeah, and I thought that that was a cool plant and payoff. That was a real human plant and payoff for me, I thought. That's what kind of drew me back in, especially at the end. Like, I don't know. I thought this film was like mm. as good as like Nomadland. Um, for me, I I, I just that. really enjoyed it. I I loved Mank as well though because I just think it's such an interesting side of the industry. So it doesn't really matter how much the how dull these films are for me. Well, I don't. Th- okay, so I no, don't think we can. It's definitely not a certified banger. Certified banger or not? But no, I wouldn't you know, say that. I wouldn't say that. Can, can we can we give it a rating? And would you? I I give it like a six point five. So and like that's because Jack, the performances are good and it looks good. And like, you know, oh. I didn't hate it. It's just not what I was in the mood for. Um, and like, it is quite dull and can be slow at times. But like, you know, uh, 6, 6.5 is, is where I'll go. Uh, will I recommend someone to watch it? I'd have to tell them. And would you recommend I'd have to ask them what their it? mood is. And if they didn't, uh, yeah. And if they didn't say, you know, like, oh, I want to yeah. watch, you know, I don't know. Like, I want to watch Gangs in New York or something. Like, I'd be like, no, watch this instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about you Ian um you know like again you know I think I was a bit harsh on it at first but again it's hard to recommend a movie like this so I think I'd give it a about a better six and a half to maybe maybe closer to a seven the more I think about it but in saying that it's hard for me to recommend this movie and this hurts me saying this because I I did actually have kind of higher hopes for it but, you know, I would say if you are going to go into this film, you know, just have a bit of patience with it and, you know, enjoy how pretty it looks. Yeah. And enjoy be, the day be in the mood to watch a film. Be you in know. the mood to watch a movie. Be in the mood to sit down there and be and be prepared to watch two people shout at each other for the guts of two hours. You know what yeah. I mean? And, you know, other than that, a lot of things were done very well about this film. You know, how it was shot. What did you think it felt long? Um, it, it I, was lulled like... in it for me. It lulled a little bit, and like, look, it's it's only it's only an hour and forty seven minutes or something like that, so it's not that long. You know what I mean? Like, but there was definitely lulls where I was kind of getting a little bit like, come on, you know, like, but you know, it's intentional. You know what I mean? You, like you said, Terry, it's about you know this fight that keeps getting dragged back, and different points keep getting brought up, and it's like pretty much how every single fight. Yeah ever go and he was seriously blue balled the whole film as well it was actually ridiculous (laughs) like they nearly had sex about like five different times and then didn't and i was just like jesus christ the the poor couple like this this is ridiculous but anyway just to just to finish it off um i think this film i genuinely i think if anyone has has like any kind of interest in the film industry similar similar as mank uh go watch this film it's beautifully shot get past the whole black and white thing like people need to kind of get over the whole black and white thing some people get it, to it shoot their cool. films in black and white because it's cool and there's no other reason to it. it's just 
it is. It's just cool, you know, like past that. And yeah, it it was a bit noir though at the same time. And it, it had those like elements and the house didn't really look modern. It looked like it was kind of a an old noir film. But anyway, past that, get just get past the kind of pretentious side of it, taking their arguments, like try to identify with that and the relationship arguments and um, only watch this if you're in the mood to watch a film, like we said. But uh, I would I would say this is about a 7.5, very close to an 8 for me. Nice. Okay, so, I think that's pretty much everything we, we wanted to, to cover with uh, Malcolm and Marie and uh, WandaVision, of course. We will probably be talking about WandaVision again uh, as the next two, last two episodes come out. Um, but, uh, so yeah, um, I think that's what's wrapped up for the, no, the, that's, the week. That's, I that's do, everything do right to say. Unless you guys have anything else to add. No, nothing really, no. All right. Well, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as usual, guys, follow us on all of our socials. Keep an eye out on our Instagram. Uh, follow us on Spotify. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us big, big time. And um, We're still in a crazy lockdown here, and we have no end in sight, which we won't get into. <laughs> but hopefully, uh, you know, at some point in the future, we'll be able to start ramping up our, uh, our, our other our video content again. But again, um just keep listening in and enjoying the content as it comes out and uh, you know if you guys have any recommendations as well don't be afraid to reach out to us on Instagram we love when people message us on the on the Instagram page and have different tips and pointers thanks a million guys so uh, we'll see you next week guys and thanks a lot for listening see you guys